here the last few Sundays, and we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. Yes, and we had lots and lots of people. We tried to get a count, but I don't think we got a count. It doesn't matter anyway. But we had lots and lots and lots of people filled with the Holy Spirit here a few weeks ago. And it was a great day. I thought it was a great day because I went home and I told Keith, guess what? And he said, what? I said, those people will never be able to forget my face because when they received the Holy Spirit, I was there. So they'll never forget me being there with them when they received the Holy Spirit the whole rest of their life. Don't you remember when you received the Holy Spirit? Who was there? Well, I was there when they all got it. And it was a whole slew of people. So I'm going to be there the rest of their life. It was good. It was good, good, good. So we're going to continue this morning talking about the Holy Spirit. And we talked about what He meant in our lives, and we've talked about several different things. But this morning, I want us to talk about the Holy Spirit witness. The Holy Spirit witness. So let's read a couple of scriptures, and because, you know, like I said a couple of Friday nights ago, and Keith said it, and you were here, you know, he said, no preacher can preach without scripture, so I'll always have to give you a couple, or elsewise he'll come in and he'll say those kind of things, and here we'll be. So here we go. Acts 1.8 in the Amplified. But you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth, the very bounds of the earth. Now, the Weast says it this way. Do we have the Weast up there, guys? I know it takes him just a minute, so we'll give him just a minute. Y'all can just stand here and look at me for a minute. No, I'm just picking on you. They'll have the weast up there in just a second, and we'll get it going and stuff. Are y'all ready for this week? I am ready, ready, ready. He is ready, too. Let me tell you, he has been getting prayed up and ready. So here we go. But you shall receive power of the kind which God has and exerts after the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you shall be those who testify of what they have seen and experienced. My, say that with me, my witnesses. Now, whose witnesses? His witnesses. The Lord's witnesses, right? Not Cher's witnesses, not Mike's witnesses, but whose witnesses? His witnesses. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. You know, so many times people, I was trying so hard to think of a word, and maybe you can help me with it because Dave is really good at this sort of stuff, so he'll probably come up with it first, okay? So I'm not even going to look at him. But, you know, there's, there's things that, that people do, and they put, you know, we, we put words together all the time. But the word actor and churchgoer. Do you know what I mean? Um, actor and churchgoer, Dave. A put-on. Chapter. Yeah. Chapter, he says. You know, you go to church and you act like you're a Christian. Chapter. That's a pretty good word. Chapter. We've got a new word. We should put it in the dictionary. Chapter that you go to church, but when you're in church, you're perfect and you're all these things, you know. But when you leave church, you're a totally different way. Okay? It's not anybody in here, so just, you know, we're not talking about us. We're talking about other people that we've seen attending other churches, right? Right? You've seen them out there in the world, right? You've seen them. They go to other churches, not here, not Branson Church. They attend someplace else. Okay? So, these chapters, that's a good word, Dave. I knew you were good for something. (laughs) Chapters come to church and then they go out into the world. Let's look at this verse while we're at it and then you'll see what I'm talking about. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. It's talking about people that are serving in churches and stuff and it says, King James, not a novice, Lest being lifted up in pride, they fall into the condemnation of the devils. Moreover, read this next part with me. He must 
a good report of them which are without. Well, let me make it a little plainer. Put it up there in the NIV, in verse 7 only. Maybe there's even a better one. Put it up in the Amplified. That'll save us some time. It says, furthermore, read it with me, he a good reputation and be well thought of by those Uh-oh. 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 So it's not just what the people think of you when you walk inside the church doors. It's what the people think of you when you walk outside the church doors. You can't just be, what was that word again? Chapters. You can't just be chapters. You have to be well thought of when you go outside the church. You have to, if you're going to be his witnesses, not not your witnesses, but if you're going to be his witnesses, you can't be a chapter. You got to be his witnesses. So this morning I had my sermon all ready and I got out of the shower and the Lord reminded me of something. And so I wanted to remind you of it. Does, has anybody ever heard of Moses? We're going to talk about him in a few minutes, but before we talk about Moses, we're going to talk about me. Then you'll understand Moses better. I'm telling you the truth. You know, Keith and I got saved, and I, you know, I told you the story about how holier than thou I was because I got filled with the Holy Ghost before Keith. You remember that part? Yes. So I got my nose up in the air because I was filled with the Holy Ghost and he wasn't. Remember that part? I never said that, but it was kind of true. You know it was. You'd have done the same thing. Because I was filled with the Holy Spirit and he wasn't. So here we go. We, we trottle off and he goes to Bible school. And we're there and he's in school and everything. And... and um, I'm, I worked at another job, but then I went to work at Rama. And I'm working, and I am more involved in the things of God than I've ever been in my entire life. We're attending meetings. Brother Hagen used to have... Now, we got some Rama people in here today, so I can ask questions, and they know all the answers. Okay? Mark and Brenda, how many services a year did, they, did he used to have? Three, four seminars a year. That's a lot. Okay? So you'd go to class all day long, and then you'd have three or four seminars a year. And so we were in church, you know, Sunday morning, Sunday night, church here, church there. And then I was working in the admissions office. I was the dean's secretary, and I was over the admissions office. And so therefore, I was the chosen one that got to deal with everybody's problems. It is the truth. Cherie is there. Cherie, you used to work for me. Is that the truth? It's the truth. And we had thousands of students. And of all the thousands of students, I got to deal with all their problems. And you know, before I started working in there, I thought I loved God. But then I got around all these chapters that, I mean, they had issues. I mean, it was one thing after another. And there was one problem after another and one problem after another and one problem after another. And I became... Bitter. Serving God night and day, I became hard. Serving God night and day, I became mad. 
And I was getting more church in me and more word in me and more of God in me than I was, had ever gotten in my entire life. And I was getting mean as a junkyard dog. Is that right, Cherie? That's right. It's the truth. It is absolutely the truth. Because all I dealt with was problems. And every person that I saw come in the door, I didn't see anything good about them. All I saw was, what's their problem? What did they do now? Let me tell you some of the things, okay? One guy, I'll just tell you, tell off on them just a minute. One guy decides God can do anything. Anything I can believe for, God can do. He's quoting the scriptures, right? Chapters. Okay? They don't know the word. They know nothing. So they're going to chapter and be full of pride and do dumb stuff. He goes and stands on the railroad track. Duh. We have to deal with it. Then you have people that go to bars. Now, let me tell you how dumb that is. Every, how many of you were Rhema students in here? Raise your hand, please. Okay, keep your hand up just a minute. Keep your hand up. How many of you went to Rhema without a blue sticker on the back of your car? Not one person. So when you pulled into that bar parking lot, guess what? They would pick up the phone and call us. And they would say, now we want them to drink. But we know you don't really believe in that. So here's their sticker number. I mean, and this kind of stuff. And then roommate issues. Oh, my word. I mean to tell you, it's no wonder half of them got divorced because they couldn't live with a roommate for a week, much less a husband for a month. They ate my Cheerios. Grown people, 30 years old, fighting because somebody ate their Cheerios. And you got to counsel them. With everything else that you're doing, you got to sit them down in your office and counsel them because a grown person, 30 years old, is in the apartment with them and they ate their Cheerios. I'm not kidding with you. These are things that we dealt with. On Is that correct? It's absolutely the truth. One thing after another, they borrowed my lipstick. They wore my blouse. They did this. They did that. I mean, it was just one thing after another. Money issues. And then it was just one problem. And I became so bitter and so hard. And I just thought everybody that was serving God was a problem. And I just, I wanted to run and hide. But you know what? Everybody that was serving God was not a problem. Only a handful of people that were serving God was a problem. Only the handful of people that was... We had thousands of students. And probably out of that thousands of students, we probably only saw a hundred and something of them. But when you deal with only the problem side constantly, that's what you begin to see. That's what you begin to hear. And that's what you begin to become. If you hang around that stuff all the time, and you hang around people that all they talk about is the negative all the time, and all they talk about is bad stuff all the time, what are you going to become? You know what your mama told you. Don't hang around them people or you're going to become just like them. Well, the Bible calls it evil communications. Do what? Corrupt good manners. And so if you hang around that stuff, that's exactly what you're going to become. And it took me a while. And I remember one night, I had been bossing everybody around, bossing Cherie around. She's still here, see? She loved me. Bless her heart. 
I had been bossing people around all day long. And I came in the house, and there was Keith, and I wanted something or needed something, and I looked at him and said, do this. And he said, hey, hey, whoa, hey, ho, hey, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Guess what he said? You're home now. Did, did you forget? You're home now. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They start serving God and start doing things for God. And you know, I wasn't a very good witness for God during that time. Because I didn't much care for God during that time. Now I'm talking about me. What about you? Huh? What about if your bills are not paid? Or what about if you're sick in your body? Or what about if you're dealing with mean people at work every single day that are cussing you out and you still have to deal with them every single day? How's your attitude going to be when you go to witness to somebody? Huh? Or you've had a really bad day and you go in a restaurant and you take it out on the waiter or waitress. How's your witness going to be? Not so very good, right? We're supposed to be His witnesses, not our witnesses. We're supposed to be people that are representing Him, not ourselves. We have to choose which side that we're going to represent, His side or our side. Let's look at what happened to Moses for just a minute. You want to know? Moses used to herd his father-in-law's sheep. Is that right? Is that what he did? In Numbers 12, 3, it says, this is the King James, it says, Now, the man Moses was very meek above all the men that were on the face of the earth. Is that right? Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. The NIV says, Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. Then what happened? Then God called him to do something. Now having been in the ministry over a day, And having looked at my own life and where I've made mistakes, it is the weirdest thing. You tell somebody you're going to do this, and I'm going to have to find another word for it. Something happens, but you say, okay, we're going to put you over this team, or we're going to put you over this department, or we're going to put you over this And I don't really know what happens, but it's something like, I don't know if I want to call it big britches or big head. Both? Let's think of a word for it. Huh? Blow up head? Tight pants? Do you understand what I'm saying? You know what? I just think about myself. And I think about when Keith and I started our ministry. And I kind of gave some ideas on this Friday night. And I had been in the world serving and doing and running businesses. I even had my own business. And I was making lots of money and lots of money. And I could do it and I could do it. And I started working for my husband. You can laugh really loud on that one. I started working for him. And I had a big head and big britches. Because I thought, I know how to do this accounting stuff. I know how to do this secretarial stuff. I've only been doing it now. Duh. I know how to do it. And he'd come in and he'd say, 
I'd like it done this way. And I'd think, but you don't know your head from a hole in the ground about accounting. Hey, I'm saying it, you wouldn't. You've thought it. I know Dan's thought it when I told him to do something. He's at least admitting it. Or Rob's thought it when I told him to build something a certain way. You don't know your head from a hole in the ground about that. And had the big head. Because I thought I knew more about accounting or more about doing it that way. But you know what? It ain't about what you know. It's about what God said and being His witness and doing it the way that God said do it. It's about doing things the way that He says do it. Then you get the right result. Then you're able to be the witness that He wants you to be. And you think I'm not leading up to something, you'll see when we get to talking about Moses, why things happened the way that they did. So not, I don't have um, all the answers for ministry stuff. I didn't have all the answers, but there was one that did. God was giving the head the answers, and we were supposed to do it that way. But I had a big head and big breeches and caused problems. And that's what happens to a lot of people in a lot of places. You tell them to do something, and all of a sudden, they have a better idea. They're going to do it their way. It's going to be the way that they want to do it. Let's look at Moses. See what I'm talking about, if you think I'm wrong. Do you think when God says, for you to be a witness, that he has in mind a way that he wants you to witness to somebody? Well, when you go fishing, now I'm not a fisherman. Who's in here is a fisherman? Raise your hand. Raise it high so I can see it. Do you use exactly the same bait for every kind of fish? Don't you use worms for some and little fishies for some and, and lures for some? And, and what else? Shrimp for some. Crawdads for some. Crawfish. I'm Cajun. We eat those things. We don't use them for bait. Why waste a good crawdad on bait? We eat it. But you see what I'm saying. You use different bait for different fish. So God's going to show you exactly what kind of bait that you're supposed to be a witness to somebody with. Right? Okay. So listen to this. Exodus 2, NIV. One day after Moses had grown up, He went out to where his own people were, and he watched them at their hard labor. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, glancing this way and that and seeing no one. Do you know, I'm going to stop right there and I'll get back to it. Just because you don't see people seeing you, people see you all the time. Where is she? Donna, Ashley, stand up. I know you're from Branson, but I know you're in here today. I'm going to tell it again. Donna's standing right there. We moved to Branson. She'll testify. Uh, we're telling about being a witness, okay? And I didn't know I was going to tell this, but she, I just realized she was here, so I'm going to just make her testify here that, today. <laughs> we moved to Branson, and there was an issue with our rental house, and the electric bill didn't get paid. And it was probably all my fault because I was trying to start a church all by myself. Because Keith was out of town. And Dave was there. And I was trying to rent a house. And we were trying to do everything with our staff still back in Tulsa. And very well, easily, I could have forgot it. But I don't know. The little lady was older. I don't even know really what happened on it. Do you even really know what happened on it, Donna? She knows. She can tell me. Maybe some, one day I'll sit her down and make her tell me. But anyway, there was an issue. And the electric bill was late. And Donna had been going to the church. Well, her husband, Bob, stand up, Bob, so everybody will know who you are. They'll know you right away. Do you recognize him? Okay, everybody says yes. Okay. Donna worked at the electric company. And I went in there, 
and I was dealing with it. Now, I could have gone in this electric company. I didn't have time to go to this electric company. I was meeting myself coming back shorthanded. I was irritated, really, because I had to deal with it. And I went in the electric company, and I didn't even chew Donna out. <laughs> Did I chew you out, Donna? The whole time I was in there, I actually think I was nice to Donna. And Donna never told me one time that she was watching every move I was making to see if they were going to stay at our church or not. Is that correct? That's correct. Bob has been on our platform since the, almost the very first service. Is that correct? Y'all know him? Since the very first service almost, right? Right. Now, what if I would have got... Thank you, guys. What if I would have gone in there... Now, I didn't know she was watching. That happens to us all the time. What if I had gone in there and I was having a bad day and I had just totally lost my cool and I said, I don't know what's going on here, but this is just totally ridiculous. I don't have time to fool with this. Here's the money. I'm not paying this. She did this. I'm not paying this. It's her problem. She has to take care of it. It's... Huh? 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 Where's my witness? Do you think Donna and Bob would have ever listened to one more word that I said? Now, I probably have, I've been around Donna and Bob, but I probably have a greater relationship with their son, Taylor. He's been in my youth group. He's been around me all for decades. I'd have lost any relationship I would have had with them and their son over me going in that electric company and losing my cool. Totally lost it. I would never have been able to be a witness to Taylor. Never. And to me, I cherish that. That's their son. Youth, I just love. And I cherish my relationship with him. If I would have just been having a bad day, and probably I was having a bad day, because I was dealing with Dave and everything else around there. Oh, don't feel sorry for him. I'm just kidding. He knows I love him. And these other guys, too. We've been, we've been around each other too long. Um, but anyway, one thing after another was happening. What if I'd have gone in that place and taken it out on them? What would that have done to my witness? Have you ever done it? Have you ever lost your cool and taken it out on somebody else? All you have to do is ask yourself, now, what if God stopped me right in my tracks and said, now turn around and talk to them about me? Huh? What if as soon as you lost your cool with somebody, you took one step away and God said, He just struck you right where you were and He said, Now turn around and tell them about me. Could you? What is the most important thing in the whole wide world? People. It's not your electric bill. It's not your phone bill. It's not your light bill. It's not that big dent in the side of your car. Because somebody ran into the back of you. It's not somebody overcharging you on a bill. It's not somebody cussing you out. It's not somebody shorting your pay. It's not somebody stealing from you. It's not somebody doing you wrong. What is the most valuable thing you have? Your witness. Your witness. And a lot of people are watching you to see how you respond to the situation. And you know what? I know God's watching. I know He's watching. And He may want you just to turn right around. He may say, Mike, I know they just stepped on your toe and I know they slapped you across the face. But you know what I want you to do? They're really sick. And that's the reason that they did that. It's because they are really hurting. And they don't know me. And when you don't know me, you have no hope. 
what I want you to do, Mike, I want you to turn around, go back, give them $100, tell them I love them, and walk away. What will that do for God? Set him up for the next person that comes along. Some plant, some water, and who gives the increase? God gives the increase. Let's see what Moses did. Put it back up there. Verse 12. Glancing this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. And he asked one, asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. Do you know nothing you do can stay hidden? It won't stay hidden. Who you are, you cannot be, what's that word again? A chapter. It doesn't work to be a chapter. You can't just come in here and put on your nice suit and your nice shoes and your pretty little... Well, some of you didn't put on your pretty little hairdos. I'm joking. I'm joking. Some of you did the best you could with what you had. Come on. Like I did. Anyways, you can't be a chapter. You can't go out and act one way and then God say, invite them to church. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It just does not work. Go on down in Exodus. Um, I'm not going to try to read it all because of time. But in Exodus 6, verse 12, the Lord's telling Moses that he's supposed to go to the Israelites and, and do things. And listen to what Moses replies. This is the NIV. But Moses said unto the Lord, If the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me? I've often wondered, maybe the Israelites would have listened if he'd have done it his way. Instead of just starting out by killing somebody. You reckon if he'd have maybe followed more what the Lord said do instead of just starting out by rumors spreading, what he did was lose his cool and, and go out there and kill somebody? Maybe God could have started things out a different way? I don't know. I've just wondered it. doesn't say it, but I, I want, don't you wonder that? Things could have gone a little bit different. Your witness is the most valuable thing that you have. Let's look at some people in the New Testament whose witnesses were pretty good. In Acts 10, verse 22, it says, They said to Cornelius, a centurion, this is the Amplified, Captain, who is just and upright, and in right standing with God, being God-fearing and obedient, now read that next part with me. Well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation. Has been instructed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house. And he has received the answer to prayer, a warning to listen and to act upon what you have to say. Now I don't know if you remember or not, but that particular night, him and his whole household, what happened? They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and everybody around him, his whole family respected him and came in and everybody he said came in. God honored him because he honored God. God chose him of everybody around because he honored God. 
he had a witness in that community and God was able to choose him. You want things to change in your household? Well, it matters what you do on the outside. It matters how you respond to the people on the outside. You can't be a chapter. I mean, he could have put a lot of different things in the Bible, but he chose this. And he chose this sentence right here. He was well spoken of by the whole Jewish nation. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that could have been put in the Bible, but he chose to put this little phrase. Are you well spoken of by the whole whatever community you live in? Or does everybody do like you've seen on shows when you start walking down the sidewalk, they head for doors to get out of your way because they don't want to hear what you have to say. Well, that's the way I was when I was working there because I was dealing with problems every day. You can't be that person and expect people want to want to hear what you have to say. If we're going to be God's witnesses and you say, well, it really doesn't matter. I'm not a witness anyway. Yeah, you're a witness whether you want to be a witness or not. And that was the thing that I hated. And I would get so mad at Keith about. He'd say, Phil, you're an example. And I'd say, I don't want to be an example. And I'd say, just like that. He'd say, but Phil... You are an example. It matters what you do. And it matters how you act. And it matters how you appear. And, it ma- and I say, I don't care what they think of me. I am not an example. You're an example. You're a teacher. You're this. I am not an example. You've never felt that way and you've never acted that way. You've just gone on and gone in that R and X rated movie if you wanted to because you aren't an example. Oh, it got quiet. Okay, well, just let me ask you this question then, if you think I'm being silly. All right, this is a movie theater. We got a big screen up there. You got two naked people up there on the screen, and they're doing all sorts of stuff, and they ain't married. And you walk out of that movie theater, and God says witness to her. And she was sitting right next to you in that movie theater. Can you? Raise your hand if you can. It's not me telling you this. It's your heart inside you. You are to be his witnesses. You have to look at what it takes to be his witness. You are not here to represent you. You're here to represent Him. And we tell our staff that all the time. When a lot of people have come to work for us, and they like to do this, and they like to do that, and they like to do this, and they like to do that, and we look at them and we say, you can do it if you want to, but you are representing us. No matter what you do, you're representing us. Because they're going to call us. And they do. And it's the same thing with you. Whether you know it or not, did Moses know that anyone was noticing him? He didn't have a clue that anyone was noticing him. Did it affect his next few years in life? Huh? Absolutely it did. It affected his witness for the next several years being around those people. Can what you do affect your next few years in life? Absolutely it can. We are God's witnesses. And I finally had to come to the conclusion I was an example whether I wanted to be one or not. I was either a good example or a bad one. So I decided I might as well be a good one with the Lord's help. And I decided I might as well be a little breeches with a big God instead of a big breeches with a smart big head trying to tell Keith what to do because he knew what we were supposed to do. 
And it's the same way with you and the same way with Moses. If he'd have listened to God, God could have directed him how to get those people going in the same way. Instead of trying to kill somebody to get them to do what he wanted them to do. You can't make people do what you want them to do. You can't make people get saved. You can't demand that your family get saved. You can't demand that people do what you want them to do. You can't demand that they follow you to church. You can't demand that your kids come to church. If you make your kids come to church, they're going to hate you. You've got to lead them and show them the way and show them how good God is. But when you're, what's that word again? Chapters, they know it. And that's why they don't want to come to church. Because they know that you're acting one way at church and one way at home. And they think, this phony stuff, why do I want to go to church with you when you are a chapter? That's what I've dealt with in youth. They see, they see a lot of times their parents, and, and when they get to be a teenager, they're like, I don't want to be like them. And they think God's that way, and God's not that way. We are examples for God. And God will show us when you walk into a place and somebody just bowls you over because they're not paying attention. You have a choice to go... <coughs> Or to go, oh, it's okay. You have a choice. Because it could be in that 30 seconds that God could tell you to turn around and say something to them. You have to control your emotions. You have to control who you are. Because if you're not in control of you, who is in control of you? We have to control who we want to be. And you are an example, just like I are an example. Whether I want to be one or whether I don't. And every place that you go in, they're going to say, Did you know I saw them go in that prosperity church over there? Do you know I saw them go in that faith church over there? Do you know that they're one of those tongue-talking people? I saw them that day go up there and get filled with the Holy Ghost. I was with one of my friends, and they got filled, filled, filled with the Holy Ghost. I saw them. And look at how they're acting. That's just how all them Christians are. That's just how all of them are. That's just the way they are. They say that they, they, they are Christians, but look at how they act. Do you know, it's been the most disheartening thing to me doing business as a church. Dave's here, Dan's here, and Rob's here. Just the other day, Dan went to buy. We were doing some wall finishing stuff. And Dan went to buy for Dwayne. I don't know where Dwayne is. He's in here somewhere. He's playing the organ. He's over there. He's up here on the organ. Dwayne was helping us do some sheetrocking stuff. And Dwayne was needing some of those stilt things that you get up real high so that you can walk and do sheetrocking stuff. Do you know what I'm talking about? And he runs in them, I think. But anyway... And so Dan said, I need a check to pay him with. And so he told the lady, I'll be there at such and such time in the morning, and, I, and is a check okay? And the lady said, and somehow he told him he was a church or something, and, and she said, oh, no, I won't take a check from a church. Oh, no, 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 I, won't, I will not take, am I telling you right, telling it right, Dan? From, from a faith church. From a faith church. From a faith church. from a faith church. No, I won't take a check from a faith church. Do you know we got more of our jobs done faster here on this building because we paid people as soon as they were done with the jobs because a lot of the churches and a lot of the other things, not here in this town, but a lot of just churches have given, they have just flat given God a bad name. By writing hot checks. Branson did the same. When we got to Branson, it was the exact same way, wasn't it, Dave? They didn't want to take any of our checks. The hardware stores, the... Why is that? They got bad witnesses. Bad testimonies. Of people coming in there and writing what kind of checks? Oh, no, no, no. They're not called that. 
What are they called? Faith checks. Now, now, what, 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 what kind of witness is that? Chapters. That's not who we are. That's those other churches, right? We are going to represent the Lord the way He tells us to represent Him. We can't hang around and be around the things that cause us... The reason I told you that whole story about Ramah is because... You cannot just continuously stay in... And I was too immature and young to realize to be around all that stuff, you have really got to stay in the Word. You have really got to be feeding yourself. And what I was doing was going home and watching TV. You can't do that and be around that stuff all day and go home and feed on junk all night. You can't. It is impossible. It will affect you for the bad. You won't be a good witness. You won't be what God wants you to be. This is what I want you to see. Look at this next verse with me. Acts 22. Verse 12. And one, Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having a what? A good report of who? Of one or two? Are y'all looking up there? Of how many? Of how many? Of how many? Of all the Jews that dwelt there came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother who? Now, was Brother Saul of any importance? Brother Saul is Brother Paul, in case you're wondering. I think he was quite important. God used Ananias to lay hands on Saul to do what? To receive his sight. Now, he could have picked anybody in that whole territory to do that. But who did he pick? Someone who was well thought of with a good report of everyone in the community. Do you want to do signs and miracles and amazing things for God? Do you want to be, like Keith says, God's go-to person? Do you want to be a person that God can use and say, go to this person and do this for me? Then you can't just be a chapter. you got to be somebody that has a good report to everyone that is without. Outside the church. Not just when you come in the church, you have the loudest amen yelling so that people can think that you're a good Christian. You got to be somebody that pays your bills. You got to be somebody that's nice to your wife, even though she spits on you sometimes. <laughs> wife, you got to be somebody that treats your husband with respect in front of other people. I got one amen. Wife, you got to be somebody that respects your husband in front of other people. It's not okay that you correct him in front of other people all the time. Two amens. you got to have a good report to the people outside the church. You can't always be attention and fussing. You can't always be uh, spending more money than you have. You can't always be show and tell. Do you know one reason why they didn't want to listen to Moses? 
because he acted like he knew more than anybody else. He acted like he was smarter than all the rest of them. Who are you to us, they said. Who wants to be told what to do by anybody? Nobody. Listen to this verse. If we can find it. Galatians 6, 1 in the King James. We'll read in a couple of translations. Brethren, that means cistern too, as Brother Hagin used to say. <laughs> if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of what? Meekness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. Now, the Amplified says it like this. Brothers, sisters, if a person is overtaken in misconduct or what? Wait, 12 people said it. Everybody said that word with me? Misconduct or sin of any sort, you who are spiritual... Not just chapters. Now, wait a minute. A person. Does that mean if your spouse is? Is your spouse a person? (laughs) Or are they an alien? (laughs) From another planet? Huh? Is your spouse a person? Yes. These people think so. <laughs> if your spouse is taken in a sin, get a divorce today. Huh? Okay, I didn't write this. This does not say Phyllis Moore wrote this. It's in the B-I-B-L-E in the New Testament. Right? Right. Okay. If a person is overtaken in misconduct or sin of any sort, what does any sort mean? Can you think of anything that doesn't fit into any sort? Can you think of one thing that doesn't fit into any sort? Lying, stealing, cheating, adultery. Any sort. Pornography. Oh. See, you got quiet. Any sort. You who are spiritual. Now listen to this next part. Read it with me, the brackets. You who are responsive to and controlled by the Spirit. That separates the people that are true Christians and the chapters. The true Christians and the chapters. One time I had somebody tell me, I was talking to them on the phone, and I read them this verse, and they said they had never sinned in their life and their husband was the sinner. Have mercy, my soul. I thought you just did. You disrespected your husband. But anyway, I didn't tell him that. If you're controlled by the Spirit, this is what you're supposed to do. Now, I know we have a lot of people in here that just got filled with the Spirit. How many people in here have been at one time filled with the Spirit? Raise your hand. Do you know that there's a difference in being filled with the Spirit and being controlled by the Spirit? So we have to grow up to be controlled by the Spirit. We have to grow up to let the Spirit control us and help us to overcome these things where you want to slap your spouse instead of... 
or your boss or your sister or your mother or your brother or whoever it is. You who are controlled by the Spirit should set him right and restore and reinstate him. Now, this next part. Without any sense of superiority, with all gentleness, and keeping an attentive eye on yourself, lest you should be tempted. That's who we are, guys. Do you know if we, as the church, if every person in here, as the church, just did this verse, you couldn't fill every church in the world. If we didn't try to preach to every person that we came in contact with, if we just loved them and told them God loved them, and we didn't tell them, look at you screwed up that, didn't you? How horrible of a person you are. What a mess up you are. Do you know what? They already know they're a mess up. They need somebody to take them and put their arm around them and tell them, it's going to be okay. I'll help you. We'll get there. I'll pray for you. We'll get there. I believe in you. You can make it. Maybe you can't make it on your own, but I know somebody that can help you make it. And it's that greater one that lives on the inside of you. And he can help you overcome anything. And I'm going to believe God that he'll show you how to overcome that. I don't care if it's drinking. I don't care if it's drugs. I don't care if it's whatever it is. But God has to have a person that will get in faith to believe for that person. We are his witnesses. And I've had this saying for a very long time, and I'll stand by it till the day I die. God doesn't have throwaways. He doesn't have one person that he feels like is valueless. He doesn't have one person that he feels like is messed up so bad that he can't reinstate them and get them back to where they need to be. But he needs us as his people to help him do these things. Without a sense. You know, Christians have been the very word. No, what's the word again? Chapters have been the very, not Christians, because Christians wouldn't do it. But chapters have been the very worst about kicking people when they're down. They've been the worst about when somebody's been hurt or somebody's been broke. If you just had any faith, you'd get those bills paid. you just got to believe God. Or if somebody's sick and it's taken a little longer to get past it. It's like, you ain't making your faith confessions. Get those confessions going. Get that mouth working. Well, if it was you that was in that pain, you might not be talking so sassy. We reinstate people and we help people in a spirit of meekness. And we love them through their difficulties. And we help them to overcome what they're going through. And we don't be chapters that just say that we're Christians. True Christians are true witnesses of what Jesus would do. That bracelet that they wore for so many years? WWJD? That would be a true witness. What if, what if, You had to wear this great big sign on you that said, I am a Christian and Jesus is standing right behind me. What if everything you did, every single thing you did, come here, Mike. Walk. Okay, you're doing something. You know Jesus is right here with you. You're going in the store. You're going to chew him out? If Jesus is standing right here, Huh? You gonna talk ugly to your wife? No. Huh? No. You gonna steal that money? No. Jesus stand right here with his hand on your shoulder. What are you gonna do? Huh? 
Are you going to be mean to somebody? No. Are you going to put them down? No. What are you going to do? Go over there. I know he's got on his good shoes. Step on his toe. <laughs> what are you going to do to him, Rob? Jesus is standing right behind you. What are you going to do? He didn't mean to. What, what if he comes over here and slaps this cheek? <laughs> what are you going to do? Huh? I'm serious. What if you knew Jesus was standing there with his hand right on your shoulder like this all day long? And was watching every single thing that you did. Everything that you did. When you cheated on those taxes... Somebody over here yelled. Did you see it? Hurt them. They went, Ugh! I'm not even going to look over there. When you lied to your spouse about how much money you spent. Do you understand what I'm saying? What would you do if you knew that Jesus' hand was right on your shoulder, everything you did? Huh? Would you do it? Might be just a little bit different. Well, I got news for you. Mm-mm, no, he ain't. He's inside you. And everything you do, he sees. And hears. And knows. He already knows it, guys. So we can't be show and tell with him. And that's what's happening to people's faith. Let me read you this verse, and we're going to close if I can find it. I got more notes than Keith. (laughs) Dear me. See if we can find it here. Uh, Here it is. Uh, No, that's not it. Uh, I know it's here somewhere. I'll find it here in a minute. I think I will. Uh, Let me think just a second. I know it's in Timothy. Anyway, I'll tell it to you. How about that? Maybe somebody, some all you um, pastoral people can help me with it. It's a verse in Timothy, and it talks about doing things that you know are not right and then trying to believe for things with your faith. It makes your faith become shipwrecked. And that's why people are not getting the things that they're believing for, They're not hearing the things that they need to hear from God. They're not receiving the things that they need to hear from God. They're not getting the answers that they need. And they're not being the witness that they're supposed to be. Because what's happening is something inside of them is knowing when they go in that store and they're supposed to be this witness. And they argue with the people and they try to get them to take this coupon when they know it was outdated six months ago. And they argue with them over a dollar. Well, either God's your source or he's not. What kind of witness is that? You you go to a prosperity church. um, Thank you. Um, Put it up. I think it was in the NIV or something like that. Let's see what it says. Holding on to faith and a good conscience. um, I can't tell what chapter this is. 119. Holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and have so suffered shipwreck with their faith. Look at the message. Maybe it was the message that said it. Thank you so much. 
keeping a firm grip on your faith and on yourself. After all, this is the fight that we're in. There's some, you know, who by relaxing their grip and thinking anything goes have made a thorough mess of their faith. You can't be a chapter and receive anything from God. Doesn't work that way. And you can't be His witness and do it your way. Doesn't work that way. We have to do it His way. And if we do it His way, we'll receive everything He has for us and your whole family will get saved. Cornelius' whole household got saved because he was a witness for the Lord in the way that he said. Ananias did miracles for God. Why? Because he had a good report of them that are without. You believe in for your family? Be a good witness. Huh? How many of you are believing for your family? It didn't just say he was just going out preaching everywhere. It said he had a good report to them that are without. Okay? You believe in to do miracles? Have a good report to them that are without. Can you say amen? amen. Stand up on your feet. Glory to God.